we're here. Welcome to Rugby League Talks. I'm Keeg. This is Jacob. And we're here. The first episode. Yeah. So two months planning, maybe? Two months planning, two months in the making, but we finally got to it. Yeah. Literally started up an Instagram page just for this and started rolling with it. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's been... The Instagram page has been pretty good. You've done some cool things with interviews and all that. So oh, thank you. I'm quite happy that I kind of get to piggyback off that and just show up last minute. So we've just finished round seven and oh boy. Oh, wow. To talk about. Anzac so, round, one of my favorite Anzac rounds of the round. year. That was, that was quite nice. I'm going to get criticized. Melbourne and New Zealand should have a game, but it should be Townsville and Canberra to be the, be the third game. I, did, I do think that Townsville and Canberra should be the main Anzac game. Bro, we have Jazine Barracks and Canberra is literally the, the a capital of Australia. You would you would be surprised how like popular that view is amongst Cowboys and Raiders fans. It just it's one of those things that just makes sense. And it's possible for Storm and Warriors to have their game, but the idea that like Townsville, like the Cowboys don't have on the Raiders is just a bit weird. Yeah. Townsville's literally the second biggest army RAM, base. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And that's yeah, so it's you two because that's that's why Townsville has always like had military jerseys. Yeah, I guess everyone's had military jerseys, but it's it's always been such a thing. Yeah, Townsville, hundred percent. But um, first, yeah. yeah, first game, Bucks and the Seagulls. Wow, that was, I mean, that was stuffed. Holy hell! What what, what do you really have to say about tell a guy that hasn't been said about that game? Because I've nicknamed just... him Tankakai. Because he's literally a tank. Perfectly justified because it's, I don't, I can't think of a time that I've seen a more dominant individual performance. In center. Um, yeah, in center, out of position, for kind of out of position. But, um, and also the fact that he did all of that in a single half. Two like, try, try assists, one off a kick. The man can do it all. Yeah, and it was it was eight tackle busts, three line breaks, two line break assists, three offloads. That, that was insane. It's like the living definition of the words get amongst it for that game. It was just ridiculous. And what surprised me the most is that the guy has eight tackle busts and 63 post-contact meters, but he's actually listed as not having a single hit up. So it's not what? like just... Yeah, well, just like he wasn't just taking one-out runs to spare meters. Like he was doing it all off actual, proper, dynamic, powerful running. So that's the fact he put it, had 262 meters off that. And like, he's not a winger, so he's not doing it off kick returns. No. It's just straight, massive running. And, you know, when you can can get that meter-making ability out of your back line, like that's a pretty, pretty good thing. Like that's what we saw with the Cowboys the first couple of rounds where... I think it was for the first two rounds, every single backline player had more than 100 meters. That's insane. For the, for the cows. So that's... I, when you can get your backline players to do that. It's a massive thing. I think Sharks are leading kick meter returns at the moment. I um, wouldn't be surprised. Oh, bro. They have been insane this season. Because when your options for returning a kick are either Will Kennedy, Sione Katoa, or Ronaldo Mulatalo, like that's, they're all some pretty solid running threats. But all three are going to be representative players in the near future. Multano was very unlucky last year not to be picked for Queensland. That was devastating. So I was at home playing Xbox and then that news broke. I'm like, you're kidding. Well, and then got like, ruled out with a hamstring injury. I'm like, fuck off. Who are I we think, going? I think the Reese Walsh thing happened first. And that's where they were like, oh, yeah. put Holmes in fullback and bring in Mortalo. And then Mortalo was gone. And it was like, oh, well, I think it was like Carl Felt they ended up bringing in. Um, Coatsy, because he had to be, he had to be in oh, Queensland. that's right. Coatsy, yeah, I remember that. That because that was the big like topic around game two is that 
This I, is the first game in origin history no Broncos have been selected for Queensland. Yeah, I I really feel bad for Xavier Coates and how much he copped it around origin. And he, he goes to Storm and we saw last night four tries, a, tr- oh, yeah. a hat trick in eight minutes. It's amazing. So after the Sharks game, we had the Bulldogs. Um, <laughs> What's there to say about the Bulldogs? Um, oh, I have a couple of things to say. Uh, we've been very vocal around the Bulldogs for the past two years. Trent Barrett hasn't helped at all. You and I have been going back and forth on this for weeks now. Yeah, Halfbacks, holy you, shit. You can't, you can't just throw in a different halfback every week and expect one of them to just like, perform. Yeah, occasionally you'll have that guy that can take it by the horns in a single game. but Sam Walker. Like, yeah, but like, are you... Are you looking for the next Joey Johns who does everything amazingly or are you just trying to get a seven that can do their job? Is Barrett himself came out and said, half formations take eight to 10 weeks to gel. I think it was, did he say that as well? Because I remember Robinson said that. Yeah. Yeah, he said it as well. And oh, he said new halves combinations take eight to 10. And then Barrett said, I agree with that. But then what gets me is that last year, they brought Kyle Flanagan for three years, 650K from Roosters. Hmm. They drop him after nine rounds, take Avarillo, Avarillo, who isn't even a halfback. He plays center. Yeah. Play Avarillo for majority of that year, play him there all preseason, comes in two weeks, he gets dropped. Yeah, it was it was a weird one. And it's I Brayton Astor cops a lot as a commentator, which makes sense because sometimes he says things for a bit. Shout out to Bre- Brett says. Yeah. <laughs> love that Twitter account. I love it. That's, that's a great account. But it's, I think the one thing that he said that stuck with me is that you have to cuddle your halves. And mm. I agree with that. Like you've got to, especially because it's such a confidence position. And I think we've seen that with like having a competent halfback who can steer a team around, whether that's, you know, Jackson Hastings or Chad Townsend, it, it makes a massive difference. And I think yeah. Flanagan... Flanagan has the ability to do that because we've seen it at a rep level. You know, he's played seven for junior Australia and all of that. So he he can be a controlling seven. It's just instill that belief in him, I think. Yeah. And it's kind of give him the keys to it. And if you're not, if you're not giving the keys to him, then he's what, what's meant to happen. Cause that's, that's been the Bulldogs main issue. There's a good um, series of data that was done by, rugby league eye test and basically it was that the bulldogs were the team that their seven does not get the ball anywhere as near as much as other team seven that's insane that was, to me well that's yeah because that was the press conference question that um was asked to trent barrett it was and trent barrett just didn't answer it didn't give it any time mm. but it was it was a brilliant question because that's yeah if if your seven isn't always playing first receiver, then it makes it much harder for the six to do their job. And with that, Flanagan isn't going to make the flashy highlight reels. I think Bulldogs no. fans and many others thought he's going to come into this team and he's going to do all these line breaks, try assists. Like Flanagan doesn't That's, do that. He, you look at Flanagan in um, New South Wales Cup and at the Roosters, he was the controlling seven who was... Get in defense ready. Get in. All right, we're doing this play oh, next. Oh, yeah. That's his effort plays this year have absolutely blown me out of the water. He, he reminds me of what Tom Dearden was doing last year. Yeah. Because the amount of the amount of legs tackles and effort that that 
guy is putting out there every week. It's like, and it's early on, especially in like his first few games of the Bulldogs, he did throw the occasional flash he cut out and he did look pretty creative in that regard. Yeah. But just having a guy that can play first receiver, balance your team out and let Burton do his job. Because as much as some criticisms of Flanagan can exist, like for example, I don't, I don't, and this isn't something that I just pulled out of my head. Like this is something that's been echoed by some of the analysts, like Anthony Seabold has talked about it in his game plan video series, where he doesn't really dig into the line as much as Uh you want from some halfbacks. But even, even if he's not doing that, like that's something that can be worked on. They, they had Burton signed from Penrith. Penrith, yeah, Penrith, but like early last year. So yeah. they had a year to prepare for him, a year with developing their seven, so then Burton can come in and play five eighth. They didn't do that. And now with Reed Marnie yeah. being signed in the offseason, they need now more than ever, they need to develop their seven. Because if Marnie doesn't have a seven to play off of, he's not going to be Reed. And yeah, you have realistically. You have, at Eels, you have Guffo and Moses there, who he can play off yeah, of. Yeah, and even Brown, who's become more engaged. Reed Money's service has been great, especially because the Eels are a team that loves to shift it really wide on some of their set plays. And yep. Moses, he just gets the ball right in his hands. And when he's doing that, he can dig into the line. And it, it just means that Brown can play to his running game strength. Same with Guffo, and they can just they play so well. And it's and yeah, yeah. interesting topic from that game. The Broncos, Tamari Martin. Yes. He's, oh, he's back. That's. I was so happy to see him. I'll be honest. I didn't think that he was going to play anywhere near as well as he did. I actually thought the Broncos were probably going to be setting him up for failure because I was like, hey, this he's guy's been back. playing. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. Because I was like, he's in Queensland Cup and he's playing 5-8. You know, fullback is another level of physicality. And then mm. the NRL is another level of physicality. But I'm pretty happy to say that I've been left with a lot of egg on my face. Um, <laughs> that prediction. And I've honestly, I've got no problems with that because it was so much fun watching him do his thing. Oh. He he brings this other level of ball playing to their team and you could see it because he, he didn't hang out on the left side too much. And there are a few times where I don't think he really joined into the attacking shape, but you know, I'm not... He was scared, I'm, I think. I, I don't know that, but I don't even... I'm not going to nitpick because considering that's the first time he's played fullback in... A very long time. Yeah. A thousand um, days, I think it was. He, yeah. He has done amazing. He he blew everything out of the water. And it's good to see that he's been picked again this week. Because when he was... He usually camped down on that right side when he was joining attacking shapes. But when he mm. did that, it brought another dimension to their ball playing. When you yeah. look at the strike weapons that the Broncos have, you know, you've got Oates, Staggs, Farnworth, Cobbo. Having a good ball playing one that can help out especially because the broncos they've got reynolds but they don't really have that dynamic six no. so even if tamare comes in and plays second receiver on a few times instead of doing that trio wraparound thing it adds this whole other level to the broncos attack and it can really help unlock a few other guys especially because he's got that running game as well and reynolds is a guy that's brilliant when it comes to digging into the line and he yeah. can just go on the chest and because he does that it's going to make the guys outside of him they're going to have a great potential to be able to do things. So I think it's it's going to be great seeing what he can do round to round. Yeah, especially yeah. since that um, we know Tessie New isn't going to be back for around two months, I think it said. Yeah. But Paddy Carrigan, I think he comes back within the next two weeks. And Paddy 
is a big body, so he runs the ball a lot more. He's not that ball playing lock like Yo or Murray. So having Martin there at fullback, it'll be so much better. Yeah, but with with that dimension. Yeah, with that going him on the right, I was actually really surprised about that because a lot of their attack has been targeted left this year. Yeah. Um, I was doing the stats a couple of weeks ago. Herbie Farnworth and Corey Oates are tied for most tries of the Broncos. And I think it was out of the 15 tries they scored, eight of them came from that left side. And then like three of them were from the middle. Hmm. So you can see that there's clearly that favor. Yeah. Especially because Farnworth himself is quite a solid player. Um, There's really, I, I think, Martin's inclusion is just going to be it's going to be great over the next just because of the actual skills that he adds to the team yeah compared to because as good as new was I don't think new has like like he wasn't a five eighth in the NRL the way Martin was as well so yeah that playmaking element isn't as innate to him I think mm. so 100 the next game the Cowboys and the Titans oh uh, your your Yo. team how, this how was the good. first game the Titans lost by six or more this season. Wow. Yeah. 30 to four. It's, it's, it's our year, Cowboys. It's our year. Um, yeah. I... As much as a Cowboys fan I am, I am a Cowboys fan as long as Raiders, but um, I think they still have some growing to do before potential top four. No, that's, that's premiership winning halfback Chad Townsend. <laughs> One of... One of only like five or six premiership winning halves in this competition right now. That is very true. And is... then the great Tom Vadir Dioden. Tommy. Bro. Tommy. What a guy. Bro. He's been so good this season. I love it. Yeah, it's he because he's always been pretty fearless when it comes to playing. Like, yes. Yeah. Think things like, you know, the tackles that he makes, the try savers he makes, you know, how how close he liked to take it to the line. Like he threw a couple hospital passes last year. Um, mm. But despite that, when he was throwing the ball, like it was pretty much a hospital dig what he was doing because he was taking it like two to three inches off the chest of the guy. And that's when he would pass it. Yeah. And things like that make me think that, you know, if he does make that transition from six to seven, once Chad leaves, I don't think he'll struggle that much. Yeah. Um, so I think as much as I love Tom, I think the spine player to talk about the most in this game was absolutely Scott Drinkwater. Bro, Drinky. This is so confusing to me. Because I'll admit, I was on the Scott Scott Drinkwater train in preseason. And when I saw he, um, Tommy got named over Drinky at six, I'm like, all right, who's Peyton's crack dealer? Because honestly, uh, (laughs) it, I think. I wasn't too surprised by it, knowing what Peyton talks about in his interviews. He's He seems very much like a coach who's more concerned with just finding the numbers and playing footy the mm. right way. That's that's yep. the thing that he says a lot in interviews. Um, and Drinkwater kind of admitted that he didn't really stick to the game plan much in certain games, like in post-game interviews. And yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's a shot at Drinkwater because, you know, he's... He's one of those guys that just likes to keep his eyes up, play what's in front of him and just have fun, really. He's like one of those backyard footy players, you know, when you're playing with your mates from down the road, trying to nutmeg them with grubbers. Um, 
and oh, he's he that's interesting to me. oh it's it's so interesting to watch the way he plays compared to chad mm. and i think that's why you know chad was going to be a great foil for drink water if we expected him to get that six jersey yeah um, because you know it was like okay chad can come in he can keep everyone calm he can organize the attack and then drink water can do his thing whoever's wrapping around the back well but he's that's the thing with drink water his attack is so versatile and so dynamic he will beat you in any way he can i remember magic Round last year against the roosters he scored two back-to-back tries just grubbering to himself chipping and i'm like where has this yeah. been all season in every sense of the word he is a pure footballer yeah he is he is everything that every kid wanted to be when they were like chip and chasing to themselves pretending that they were benji yeah like just about to say that i think I, I think that's why people love him so much when they're watching him too because it's like inside our heads we all want to play like that yeah. Um, whereas you compare that to Dearden, who you know he's got the photos of him up with Cooper Cronk saying that's his idol, and uh, Thurston, yeah, and Thurston, the more like controlling sevens. So that's, I think it's going to be interesting to see where the team goes in a few years because you know Chad's getting on. Um, yeah, but as as much as he's getting on, I absolutely love having him in the team just because he's like, so the, he's added so much. Yeah, the the boys love him. Mm. They absolutely. <laughs> They love him. They and it's not just that, but he's he's firing everyone up. He's always in the market taking tackles late in the game. Yeah. And you can make any criticism about him talking, oh, he might have made the wrong decision, so and so, oh, he missed the field goal, whatever. But like it's he's there. Yeah, he's but what always, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's always amongst it. And you know, that kind of confidence, it's infectious, especially because we've got so many young boys like, you know, Tommy even hammer all those guys so the yeah. fact that he's there and he's able to take on those tough things it's it's pretty impressive the game against raiders in round two someone put a bomb up for chinese hammer jumps up grabs it scores a try he wouldn't have done that last year i don't think he would have he he has a lot more confidence this year and that's what oh, yeah. we're about to get, get into i think he's i think he's always been like that but just the fact that we're even Someone's back. We're even we're even in that field position for starters. Yeah, that was <laughs> against a yeah. Raiders pack who has so many no. representatives. Yeah, there's there's not it's not a it's not a pack full of slouches. You know, you've got guys like Haro and Naira who are great line runners, and that's not even getting into the fact you've got like Tabane, Papalihi, Starling. It's... My thing is though, yeah, Hemo and Drinky, who plays fullback when Hemo returns. Yeah, that's. I think that's the question that everyone's got because it's yeah. like how... I even raised it on my page a couple of weeks ago. I like said how... Hammer for defensive purposes. But when I'm looking at these past few games of Drinky, I'm like, I don't know now. Because it's the exact same. Because he adds more attack. He does. He does. And that's, that's not a critique of Hammer because obviously Hammer, he's only a fairly young fella. Mm. And, you know, I don't... I don't think it's fair to say that he's even come close to playing himself out of the position because, you know, he actually he did quite a good job when he was there. Yeah. But even Drinkwater, as much as I've talked before about his defensive organization, he actually did a pretty solid job. 
he did he did really good, a lot can, better than the Warriors game. Every yeah, every time we're on the goal line, he's out there and he's talking, and he just he looks more competent in doing that. So I don't. I mean, the question is, but if if because you've got to have them both in there somewhere. Yeah, and, and you can't afford guess, to lose Drenke to an opposition team. Oh, n- not at all, because he, he's such a talented guy, and there's a reason that Craig Bellamy put him in as the fullback before thinking about Pappenhausen or anything like that. Yeah, that speaks volumes to the kind of guy that he is. So. I think what will happen, what I think will happen, Hammer will be fullback and Drinkwater will be 14. Yeah. But what I wouldn't mind seeing is Drinkwater fullback and bringing Hammer onto the wing for Felt. Which oh, so you're dropping Felty. Yeah, well, it, it pains me to say it because I love Felty. I really, I do. love Felty too. I love, I love him so much. He brings heart to the team. He's an, he's a mega tough guy. My thinking know, like, was is that you mill Felty to the left side and put him on the right side with Chad. So dropping Muzz is what that would mean. Yeah, I yeah. That's such a, that's such a tough call for me because Muzz is he's a lot younger than Felt. So mm. experience, the more experience you get into him now, because the fact the is that we're be. rebuilding. Yeah, like we're rebuilding. We're probably not going to be winning a grand final in the time before Felt retires. And as much as I want to repay him for being a clubman, we've we've got to think. You know, some, sometimes you have to put down the put down the puppy. Yeah, and so that that kind of goes for Granville as well because I absolutely love Granville. I always have. Um, because you know, like that's he, yeah. He but there's a reason he's playing 14. fourteen. Yeah, well, it's you know he's not. It's not a criticism of him when I say that, you know, he doesn't, it doesn't really have the impact as much because there's, there's plenty of good things about Granville. Mm. Like we're talking about you know, his, his ability to stay around near the rock ready for an offload. But and with even, at him, GF final. Yeah, exactly. So that's, there's, there's a lot to consider, but I do think that, you know, bringing in drink water to the bench. Yeah. Will be, yeah, it will be a lot better. Um, Either that or Hammer to wing for felt because try and keep the guys young because we've got the veterans in, you know, Chad. Even Hess is becoming a veteran at this stage. Yeah. He's 25, is she? I think. Yeah. Which is so weird. Yeah. Even who else? Like Jace. Jace is more of an example guy. McLean. Chad being the vocal guy. McLean, yeah. So the Titans are also a weird one. So they've seemingly i don't know if azako is injured or not he's been named as 18th man yeah which is yeah so they've bought they've put aj back in fullback and they've brought will smith into five eighth for that and and they seemingly named tenor boyd at 14 they have they yeah and um why not name boyd at six and play will smith at 14 i think it's because will smith has been playing more footy for the Titans, and he's been That's... when he's on the field, he's been playing good. Also, Campbell's is in the reserves at twenty four, still in the reserves, and he so. played Q Cup last week, I think. Yeah, that's because it, it seems because I've heard some talk that they're like trying to kind of ease him with the fullback role instead of like playing him every week just so his body can get used to it. But what is if that is true, which I'm not saying it is, because obviously we don't know 100%. Like, how does that work with your combinations? Like, yeah, it's just going to stuff them up. This is their third fullback. Yeah, exactly. And that's, it's not that I doubt Brimson's ability to get the job done. But I don't, 
maybe it's how it's going to work. Like when Will Smith comes off the bench, I don't know. But yeah, should we also Sexton? Um, Titans Sexton. haven't been forming. Have been it doesn't help Sexton at all. And especially when you've let Jamal Fogarty go last year to the Raiders. I think that club has put Sexton under so much pressure. And that's just added oh, yeah. more. Oh, yeah. Well, because especially because their club is going to be under pressure by the media every single week because of David Tafita. Yeah. A million dollar second rower. I reckon somebody will watch the Broncos versus Bulldogs game and say, I can't believe David Tafita didn't take a hitter. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And you know he would say that? A little fellow on 360. Oh, <laughs> What's his, Kenty or Buzz? Either one of them. Probably both. Probably, yeah, definitely both. They are some funny ones. Oh, yeah. Um, I think we're going to move on from that game because we got to soak it in a little bit more from that epic win. And um, we also need to talk about Jackson Hastings. Jackson motherfucking oh, Hastings. My oh, my God. God. It's, if, you, if you take away the clutch field goals, if you take away... Or the, you know, Luke Brooks talk. Here's here's a stat for you that I've just got up from the NRL roast right now. Here are the average halfback touches per game in the seven jerseys this year. Nathan Cleary has an average of 59. Nico Hines has an average of 60. Cherry Evans has an average of 65. And Ben Hunt has an average of 69. So nice, first and foremost. But these <laughs> These are some elite halfbacks we're talking about that usually touch yep. the ball somewhere between 60 to 70 times a game. Take a guess at how much you think Jacko touched it. 70. No, higher. 80. Higher. 95. That's pretty close. How 96. Many? He is Holy sugar. He has averaged touching the ball 96 times. That is... Like there's there's controlling seven, and then there's a guy that touches it like just every tackle. It's he's had two games at halfback too. Yeah, so it like I don't know if that keeps up, but it's just the fact that he's actually done it because that's what ninety six touches. Let me see how many tackles that he also made. Went up against Mitchell Moses. Two weeks ago on Easter Monday, he did. And he, he and then went up Moses. against that was um, the runners up last year in the Rabbitohs. Yeah, and like we're not, he's he's not a flat track bully. Like we're talking about a guy that has stepped up to the pressure of the pressure and said, "All right, boys, I'll I'll take this one." And he's only twenty six too. That's that's the crazy bit. It feels like. It feels it sounds like, this like is he's the guy 30. That's played for 20- yeah, it's, it sounds like he's like mid 30s, like where everything he's doing is everything that we kind of thought Reynolds was going to do. And that's, yeah, that's not, that's not a bag on Reynolds because he's still an absolutely brilliant player. He's been a brilliant leader and he's doing everything he can for the Broncos. But it's more a reflection on just how like insanely impressive Jacko has been this year. Yeah. And not just in this, like, because it's not even about, like, the specifics of his play. It's about the fact that it's the things that he can control. Yeah, and I don't you... care what anyone says. Oh, they won by one point. Okay. A win's a win. A win's a win. And if Jacko wasn't playing and he was still suspended and they went up against Eels and Rabbits, they get 30 put on, I reckon. Oh, it, absolutely. And that's... Another thing that I'm happy with too is that it 
it's taken the pressure off Brooksy to just do his thing. Who did not deserve it in the slightest. I, I don't think I, Brooksy, he, he gets so much criticism. But yeah, it's, it's the recruitment that has let him down, I think, because Madge has been there for how many years now and how many other coaches and they know how he plays, and yet they still haven't signed a 5'8", a dominant 5'8". Any controlling half at all, because that's... Yeah. A controlling half is like, like what we've seen with the Cowboys as well, is that once you add in that confident controlling half, even if they're not, you know, an absolutely amazing Andrew Johns-like ball player or kicker, just the fact that they can actually take control of things, keep everyone calm and steer the team around, like that's the one thing yeah. with Hastings. It's... You're always seeing him with his arms up and pointing somewhere. And he's always there. Like he he reminds me of Tedesco at his peak, where in every single play he's just somehow there. Except it's not like wrapping around, like he's getting his hands on the ball every time. And it's just it's been great, especially because him digging into the line means Brooks can play make as well. Cause Brooks, he's always been a talented footballer. I think he's the thing is that because of the Tigers' lack of success and the fact that he's not out there nailing clutch field goals or steering the team around as much as you'd expect from a seven, that he's copped criticism for that. And I think people have forgotten because of that criticism that he actually is quite a talented footballer. At the end 100%. Of and I would lay that down to one of the best signings Tigers have done in years in Tim Sheens. I, I reckon Sheens and... Hastings have been great for them because I'm I'm not oh, yeah. entirely understanding of what Sheen's role is. But Manager of football know, and signing people. Yeah, signing people then yeah. Because that's Hastings has come back and he, he just he's been a complete veteran. And the fact he's 26, like he it means he's going to become a better player over time too as he adjusts to the NRL level again. And yeah. look who else is coming next year for Tigers because of Tim Sheen's. Appy Kowasau, who's won two premierships, one with Rabbits, one with Penrith last year. And Isaiah Papalihi, Dally M second row of the year. That's gonna wow. That's to the Tigers. To the Tigers. That that's sinking. And, and not just that, but the fact that they're gonna get more experience out of Laurie, who's gonna get better. Yep. Brooks is gonna like fill up that second receiver role more. He's gonna start kind of being able to play his natural game. You keep Jacko in seven, he keeps steering the team around. And we all know what Appy's capable of with his running, his service from dummy half. And the fact that, because I think if you're going to replace Luch Leilua with anybody in the world, you know, Isaiah Papali, he's a big body. He's a good second rower, works hard. Yep. That's the guy you want. So that's, that's a fantastic um, turnaround for the Tigers. And, oh boy, do they deserve it. Because they get... Oh, yeah. 05, start the season. Bloody Fox League dunks on them at least like 20 times a week. So they're, they're still dunking on them. They're still dark. Yeah, well, they... yeah, because yeah. there was a report a couple of days ago of a fight that happened between a Tigers and Raiders <laughs> SG ball team. I saw that one. I was going to say we we all thought the Tigers articles were done, but then they discovered that junior footy exists. <laughs> <laughs> Never cared about it until now. Yeah, it's it's the first ever time that a team talks about their juniors is when they're getting into a brawl. So Buzz and Kenzie saw Tigers and was like, oh. But um, um, so what we have, rabbits. After that, the rabbits. Rabbits, we need to talk that's, about, bro. That's oh, I mean, I don't you see what Reynolds does to a team now. Everyone, yeah, I think I think I see that, but at the same time, I, I still, 
I still get it. I still get why they were happy to kind of have Reynolds go to the Broncos and yeah. focus on developing Ilias. I think it's just the fact that, you know, the day that Latrell Mitchell gets back, he gets injured. Yeah. So and they're kind of... No knock on Ilias. For the people knocking Ilias, you... He's young. He's young. And have you been seeing what he's been doing the past couple of weeks? That's he's... against Doggies. He did a short ball to Graham, dug into for Pangai, Got a Graham, cookies up, running inside support, gets it past, and he scores a double. And then he's, goes on to score a hat trick later. He's a he's a talented footballer and week by week, because you know it's that short ball is so good from him. Oh yeah, it's and a good short ball is for any playmaker, it's such a good thing, especially when you have forwards that run good lines. Yeah. Um, and obviously you've got Kalo Matangi, you've got he's less of a line runner, but he's a he's an option. Yeah, got, he's like, a ball player. Tomo just coming off the bench. So you've got, yep. you've got guys that can do different jobs for them. And it's, you get, you have a good line runner and that makes your job as a seven yeah. much easier if you have a good short ball, especially. Especially Tane Milne in the uh, back line. Oh, he's, yeah. he's, he's so good. He's a wrecking ball too. I haven't watched too much of him, but just looking at his stats at the moment, his post-contact meters compared to his runs, like he's, he's averaging 4.6 post-contact meters per run from that game. Yeah, which is I think Tavita Totola also averaged six point two per run that game, which is very impressive. Uh, yeah, and that's a hundred meters off. You can also see else. having no Reynolds what it's done to Walker. Yeah, well, he doesn't because Reynolds. If there was one thing that Reynolds did really well, it wasn't the flashy stuff. As great as his kicking game was. It wasn't the flashing stuff that made him so great and so serviceable. It was the fact he dug really deep into the line. Yeah. He could do that after Murray had already dug deep into the line. Mm -hmm. So when you have two guys doing that job, they're they're creating those overlaps for a guy like Walker to exploit. And we all know what Walker's like. He's a very talented footballer. If you give Walker an overlap, he's going to get you a try one way or another. So, Whether it's by himself, it's by his center, if it's by his winger, yeah, even it's can, by someone supporting in the inside, he'll get it. Yeah, he can he can do it all. He's he's a great football, and there's a reason that he had so many tries this last year. It was yeah, he nearly broke the numbers. He broke the record for the most in a season, I think. I think him and Turbo, I think I think he did, and it's it's not a surprise that he did because him on that left edge, it's oh, especially that was the best out. edge in rugby league last season, and now it's back to being Penrith. <laughs> but we'll get into those. Yeah blokes later as much as I, I don't want to <laughs> so we've got knights versus eels and now that's gagger i just got eels. confirmed to be ruled out for a month with a cheekbone oh, fracture not only does terrible. that hurt clifford on the right edge but it also hurts origin for queensland yeah it does it does um it you look at him and he's, he's a brilliant footballer he gets so many meters for his even because he played the full 80, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He did play the full 80 um, against the Eels. And even in one of his more quiet games, you know, he still had two tackle busts, two offloads, three one-on-one tackles. You know, that's he's a guy that gets busy. He doesn't shy away from it. And yeah, he just gets in and rips and tears. Like we saw yeah, when Knights versus Sharks was a couple of weeks ago. Talakai had his breakout game and... Gagai was just like always on him. Didn't matter how many times he got put in his ass, he was always there to tackle Talakai. Yeah, he's 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 
he's been a fantastic signing for the Knights, and I think that's why it's going to hurt them a lot. Which also correlates with Rabbits are missing him too. Yeah, no, because that's on any edge that they have, he's pretty good. Mm. That said, I think the fascinating thing for the Knights is there's a few things, and it's going to be interesting. I know everyone talks Ponga, 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 and we always it's it's an always repeating thing, but I kind of wonder what's going to happen with their forward pack because yeah. People can make whatever criticisms they want of Ponga. They can be like, oh, Ponga's overrated. Ponga's invisible. Well, none of that really matters if your team's not actually in the attacking area. Yeah. And I think that was an issue that we saw because it's like, that was a dominated forward pack. Like, yeah. here, here it is for run meters. The Eels had 1,980 and the Knights had 1,232. So we're talking about we're talking 748 meters of ball carrying that the eels had over them. So that, that means it was just straight field position back and forth. Yeah. And don't get Jake Clifford. He's a fantastic kicker, but I think something that, cause you know, he kicks for 536 meters in that game and that wasn't even close to his best of the season. No. Um, and th- the thing is, I think it was someone once remarked to me that there were only two halfbacks of all time that could probably beat a forward pack that was being beaten and that was joey and jt yeah and even even jt being debatable because you know he's the only reason that jt didn't win a spoon in 2010 was you know it wasn't jt's fault obviously but it was because in the storm they got done for cheating yeah it's a weird thing to reflect on it feels wrong that a team with jt in it performed so badly well the knights going back to the knights from that one they've lost Fitzgibbon, they've lost Barnett. They didn't have one of the Safidi brothers there for a couple of weeks. They didn't have Clemo there for a couple of weeks. They haven't won a game since yeah. round two. Up until yes. Barnett was being was sent off, Knights were winning the game against Penrith. Oh yeah, that was that was actually quite a good game. That was the game where Clifford was just kicking like an absolute beast. Yeah. It was, I don't think I've seen a distance kicking performance quite like that. It was just he took the game by the horns and said, All right, I'm going to kick my team out of trouble every single time because, yeah. you know, the forwards aren't going to win the battle if there's one left. Yeah. And, and that's it's so devastating losing a, a one person now. Rugby League Guru did a podcast on it. You lose games no matter what now. If it, it could be the first minute, the first 10 minutes. Of not ha- of having twelve players, you're lucky to not get ten points scored on you. Yeah, because it's it has such a flow on effect. Because it's not just the ten minutes that you're punished for. It means that there's a lot of fatigue that you have amongst your forward pack that happens for the rest of the game. An interchange. And what, yeah, exactly, and that's why because people always talk about the thirteen versus thirteen sections of the game to compare whether teams are at equal strength or not. But I don't think that's fair because once. Once you lose a guy, it means everyone else has to step up and do the work, and that takes yeah. down their energy bar. So the Eels, they did bounce back. And they did. that was off the back of something people thought was quite weird with Dylan Brown moving to the centers. I, um, so I'm a big super coach fan, and I was talking to my mate who yeah. has Brownie at 5'8", and goes, mm. Oi, he's moving centers this game. And they're like, all right, who's their 5'8"? Jacob Arthur. I'm like, okay. That's weird. But then Arthur does have a really good game and Brownie still scores a try. Yeah, I, well, he was 
one of Dylan Brown's main um, attacking weapons, so to say, is it's just his running. Yeah. He's an incredibly powerful runner. He's a great support runner as well. Everyone in that eel spine is. And he always finds a way to make himself available in a play. And mm. because of that, you know, it's there's not many guys that can really always get in it. Like I think we talk about um, – so this is the next game that we're talking about, the Panthers and Raiders. Oh, that's a nice segue. I know this one's an emotional thing for you. I'm not. <laughs> you saw the rant in the Discord. I did. I did in the Cowboys Discord. It's that was a tough one for Penrith fans. Um, not for Penrith fans. For Raiders. Canberra fans. Yeah. Um. Obviously, Viking clap is obviously a sensitive subject, whether it's Mick Ennis or whether it's Penrith. <laughs> um, Two years in a row they've done that, by the way. Oh yeah, that's. I think. I guess it makes sense because they've. They've got the rivalry. I can't. I can't really yeah. talk about, you know, whether ninety three. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's something that goes back heaps. Like that's we're talking about a rivalry that goes longer than the Cowboys have even existed. So yeah. I don't know how much I can speak on it. Um, well, I think something. I took a few things away from this game. Um, one is same as every other week. Schneider is he's great with his one percenters. Yeah, you know, he's hundred percent. You know, he's obviously got a nice bomb, but it's the things he does, like his support running, his um, tackles. He he just gets involved in what he can, and it it's brilliant to see a guy that does that because it means that every week he's going to be getting better and better. The more ball playing he does, the more you know game film he's watching week by week, and, and he's already got a pretty solid kicking game. So I quite like. Oh him. yeah, can't knock him in that kicking game. He's been really good. Snyder has. Yeah, Snyder has that spot until round 15 this year. Yeah, because Fogarty comes back around that point, I think. Yeah, he... I. This is going to sound biased coming from a Raiders fan. Yeah. People don't give us enough slack that we lost Hodgson, we lost Fogarty in early rounds of the season, and then Starling had to come on, and then we had Snyder to come in for Fogarty, even before the season started. Mind oh, yeah. you. And second week, yeah. um, Snyder caught COVID. But oh yeah. And then they brought in Matt Frawley, I think. Yeah. And against the Cowboys. And oh I, I, I went to that game in person. And oh my God. They didn't this has been the Raiders' problem the entire season. They do not hold the That's true. That's true. They can't. And when you have a forward pack that is so dominant, like we were speaking about earlier. Why yeah. can't we hold it? We have Papa Leahy, who is one of the, up until not last year, he was one of the best front rowers in the game. He, he arguably is when he has the ball in his hand. Yeah. You know, you can, everyone can always talk about, oh, at least he's not the same as he used to be. Well, who cares? Give him the ball. He runs it. So yeah. He still does his job. So yeah. Look at Jace. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, don't don't bother making the comparisons because he's he's still a Queensland origin starting prop. Yep. And there's there's a reason for it. And he'll be starting for Samoa this year in the World Cup, I guarantee it. Yeah, it's it's why wouldn't he? Because he's he's brilliant. Another and bloke there is Tarpany. He has been fantastic for us. Tarpany, God, I actually love Tarpany. He's yeah, solid bloke. Such a hard runner. Um does his job, doesn't overcomplicate things. And that's exactly what you want out of the middle forward. 
another man who's been doing his job is Jack Wrighton. I absolutely love Wrighton. I loved his I've loved his bounce back. He's he's done pretty well this he's year. He's done really well. Um I just saw something on Instagram today. They posted a photo of Cleary tackling Wrighton. And Cleary's I would have loved minute. to see them in game three last year for New South Wales. I'm a Queensland fan. All I, think, right. I think I think Cleary was out at that stage. Yeah, Cleary was out. It um, was Whiten and Moses for halves for New South Wales because Luai was out yeah. with an MCL injury. But could you imagine if he had Cleary with his ball playing and then Whiten with his running game? Whiten's running. As much as I love Luai, I think that that might be worth it if they can get that combination working. Just I would also where... say Nico's in the running for 5-8 five, five, for Sheer for New South Wales. Oh, he's he's brilliant. He oh, yeah. Is. The thing is, he does it all. He can play as that sweeping fullback. He showing mm. this year that he can play as that dominant half. Like I said, he was one of those halfbacks that got the ball the most. Yeah. So he just he does it all. Um, and when you have a dominant halfback like Cleary, Nico Hunt, DCE, it's hard to lose games unless yeah, well, unless you, you can get on the right track. Yeah. And you can tell that when the forward pack is on with like Fisher Harris, Martin kick out clearly capitalizes off that by just running and when clearly running he does have a good step and then if he's tackled it's all good they've gained another 10 meters take another hit up clearly's back he's passing it left to luai luai's passing it to whoever's on his outside and they're scoring on the left yeah, side well that's that's the thing if you try to break down penrith's game plan it sounds so deceptively simple because you know it's as simple as get Get your hit ups happening. Get your post contact meters. Chorus out. He's always around. He's sniffing yep. around the rock. So in case there's an offload, he can take that. Otherwise, just get a quick play of the ball. Cleary first receiver. Good line run. Rinse and repeat. And when it comes to actually making that killer blow, getting the try, there's it's, no flashiness to it. You know, it's so no... simple what they do, but yet, yeah, it's it looks just, fantastic. Yeah, no, well, that's the thing because it's not they're not a highlight team, but you. What they do is they just find the numbers. They find where they've got that overlap and they execute and their ball playing is amazing. So they're able to yep. do it. You know, oh. Luai, Edwards, they're all just clearly throws great passes, but that's everyone knows that. Yeah. But it's the roles of the other guys, especially Dylan Edwards in terms of his ball playing when he wraps around. He's been awesome this year. He He's so underrated. Even saying meters. that it's between him and Pappy for fullback for New South Wales. They, they're not even mentioning oh, yeah. Tedesco. Oh, I think Tedesco. Tedesco's got it. On. Oh, yeah. He's got to play. We'll get on to that one next. I Speaking of that, actually, that Dragons and Roosters game, that was... T- Teddy had a good game, I think. Yeah, he had Teddy, a... I he, think he's... Not his average game, but he still just did, still did good, so... Yeah. Well, he, he had plenty of moments where he broke the game open. He had a line break, but he just, you know, no one was there to support it or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was really weird for the Roosters because there were some times where things felt like they were going pretty well. Like for example, they scored that one trial on the left edge where there was something Kiri did to make up the numbers. He wrapped around the rock to the left side. And yeah. when he did that, it was, it was pretty much done because with knowing how quick Kiri is and how good he is at ball playing, you know, you found that overlap and he just nailed it. Um, yeah. You know, it was lots of spreading from the ball from him to. That's one of the notes I put down yesterday. Off. Spreading ball like crazy. Yeah. But even even with that, they just they didn't really seem to crack the dragons. And no. And that's good on dragons. 
Defense yeah, has been no, the best well, all season out of that game. Yeah, well, it was it was just fantastic. I think Ben Hunt, obviously, too. Like, yeah. What what can you say about? Well, I was gonna I was gonna say what can you say about Ben Hunt that hasn't been said, but there's probably plenty because I can't think of a guy that's been unfairly maligned in that sense he, just because of his contract value. Because that and the 15 grand final, he will always be remembered for that drop ball. And it's quite sad. He, they is. don't remember what he was doing during that season or what he was doing in that game in that oh, game exactly. beforehand. Exactly. There were there were a thousand moments that led to you know, that game ending the way it did. Yeah. And Ben Hunt dropping the ball is only one of them. Yeah. It was Thurston being swarmed and only slightly getting a pass away and Morgan's stepping and then Morgan. he was wrapped up and then yeah, the flick pass. I think it was Coates who jammed in. Um, yeah. No, not Coates. It was Oates. Um, oh. He jammed in. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think C Oates Coates. So, um, and then yeah, so basically that got to felt, and the rest was history. But that's that ben, wasn't last round. Ben Hunt's kicking game, last phenomenal. Last he, year in particular was good, but he's brought it to another level. This when year. he's on, he's on. He's the entire he's, team's on when he the, is kicking like a madman, looking for the forty twenty. Getting his team around. He reminds me of Cherry Evans in that regard. You know, once he kicks yep. the first 40-20, you're you're done. Yeah, it's hard to come back from that. And Tup- and Tupo was like 40-20? What? He didn't yeah, even he, know. He didn't see it coming. I can't even blame because it was it was a great kick. It and was... Tupo is one of the best wingers in the game. He is. And that's I know that he he gets a lot of criticism for how he played that game. But yeah, I I feel bad for him because a few dropped balls, a few... Yeah. One thing in particular about that game I want to mention is the close line that he did on that was, Rava. That was, that was a questionable refereeing decision. That was because um, the Bulldogs channel, one of the fan pages for Bulldogs, he compared Jack Havington and Holmes last year <laughs> and then this one. How, do you want to know uh, how many other, weeks Havington other... got for that? He got like eight or something, he got, didn't he? He got five. Guess how many Daniel got this time around? Obviously zero. Obviously zero. He got so... one week, bro. Oh, he got. He actually got a week. He actually got it. And um, even Abdo came out after the game and said, that should have been a send bin straight away. Yeah, that's because Townsend got Sidmin for less. Yeah. And we're like... We were all in the Discord that day, uh, yesterday. Oh yeah, we were. We were all. We were blowing like, up it about was, it. It was ridiculous. It was. I think there was the joke from Tanza where he said, "Hey, um, the Ansley has come out and confirmed it was a mistake. He actually wanted to apologize to the Roosters fans and say it shouldn't have been a penalty at all." Which is <laughs> as much as I try not to play into the whole oh, National Roosters League thing, that was pretty funny. Even. Um, Griffin came out and said, "If that was Magic Grant, you got two years in prison for that tackle." <laughs> that's that's true, bro. That is oh, true, and that give me flashbacks to Magic Grant because it's oh, honestly, that's the one thing they need to fix is the consistency between refs and what is a send off, what is a send bin, and what's staying on the field and just a penalty. What's the thing? They tried that. They tried to make it black and white, but then we got Magic Grant. Yeah, and 
it was chaos. Um, I think the first two days you could make an entire team out of everyone who got Simbin. I joked. I joked that it, it was no longer the Auckland Nines. It was actually the Brisbane 11s. <laughs> so everyone kept getting Simbin. Um, so we've got just a few things left for today. Uh, the the Storm Warriors. Um, yes. Oh, my the God. Only, the only thing I have to say about that is imagine getting embarrassed 70 to 10 and the stadium starts playing Darude Sandstorm. <laughs> like, come on. The, the absolute disrespect from the people at Amy Park. Bro, I, I even I said in the Discord and I sent to NRL Don today, um, there is a warrant out for a, for 17 people after they slaughtered another group of 17 last night and i'm like that was a that was so embarrassing for the warriors because i feel bad i feel bad, I, I feel bad but like that is last year's scoreline we have been saying like everyone's been saying this is the closest we've been in years and then that goes and happens yeah yeah so that that's probably like a because i think <laughs> there was one comment on the r slash nrl that was like Wow, 70 runs for 10 wickets. That's really embarrassing from Melbourne. (laughs) So that's how do you let that happen? Look, all I'm saying is that even if that was a cricket storm, the storm beat, they still beat England from the ashes this year. They did. That's the sad thing. That's that's the sad thing, but that's that was just an absolutely massive tally from what do you lay that down to though? Because storm I just be storm being storm. Yeah. Well, coats. Oh, bro, it's it's Penrith versus Storm GF year. I think it has to be. I, I can't call it this early because I wouldn't be surprised if um, you know, the Eels suddenly get it. Yeah, like, that's obviously true. Obviously, they lost to the Tigers, but you know, they've they've also beaten the Storm. Oh. So. That's the thing about Storm is Power. that well, Power and Storm. Power, it's very, it's now and never, I think, because they're losing a lot of their forwards next year. Where Storm Marnie. and Marnie, they're hooker, but then they get Josh Hodgson. Where Storm, um, they lose so many players each year, but they always come back. Oh, and yeah. they were smart this year. They were like, all right, Dolphins are coming in. There's rumors of an 18th team. We need to sign our most valued players and extend them. So they, Hughes, Pappy, Grant, all got extended, except Munster, which I find very strange, and I disagree with that. I I wouldn't put it down to Melbourne choosing not to resign him. There's probably something else, like maybe he wants to go up to Redcliffe with Wayne. Yeah. Which is pretty much what everyone expects so far. Um what we have, because I don't think there's anything you can say about that game other than like it's storm being storm. It's yeah, it's just playing rugby league live, like Maroons versus some English Div Two team in rookie mode. Like it's yeah, just, every time there was something to exploit, they did it, and they always had their support runners there. It was just clinical. Well, what was so strange is because the only injury they had was DWZ, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, and then Remus Smith got knocked out. Well, I, that's the thing. I don't. I don't think it comes down to any of that, and it's not even something that I would lay on the Warriors and say because you know obviously there were some issues with the Warriors, but I don't think, I don't think it's their fault that that happened to them. Yeah, I think the Storm were just on 
you know, like it's, it, you know, like Craig Lowndes, the V8 driver, when he puts down the visor and he yeah. goes beast mode, that's just every time the storm, they're like a, a bull seeing red flags whenever they saw that there was like a gap in the defense or a guy slow around the rock. I think that's something too. Harry Green, he could always get that line break when it oh, yeah. up. So on that note, tipping for this week, Broncos yes. or Sharks, who are you going for? That's, that's pretty I'm going number. Sharks against Broncos. Um, it's at Suncorp, but what I love about this game is Talakai versus Stags. Oh, that's going to be a good matchup. That's going to be so good. Especially knowing, especially um, with Martin and Reynolds in that spine and then with uh, Hines and Kennedy in the other one, that they're definitely going to be getting to the ball. Payne Haas, Dalfin, you can. Payne Haas and Dalfin. I think Payne Haas wins that one. Oh, yeah. I think. Uh, oh, it's going to be so good, that game. I'm, yeah. I'm going for the Sharks as well on that one, just because obviously the Sharks have that depth in the forward pack. Yep. Um, as good as Talakai is, I don't think it's going to rest on him. That's not no. saying that he won't have an amazing game, but I think it's more saying that, you know, the Sharks have a great team. If Talakai yeah. doesn't absolutely kill it, they're going to be okay. Yeah, but 100%. For, the Broncos, for the Broncos, if Staggs doesn't kill it or if Haas doesn't kill it, they're not going to be okay. Yeah. And Reynolds need. will have to do some yeah. magic. He'll have oh, to yeah, kick. He's... He'll have to outkick Hines, and Hines's kicking is so good. Oh yeah. Um, uh, next game after that, Henry Penrith versus Titans. All right, I'm gonna go Titans on this one solely because <laughs> I think they have better depth than the Penrith Panthers. I, no. per- I personally think that David Fafita is one of the players ever. Yeah, uh, Fafita will just out-kick possibly. I think Hines. Fafita will oh, not out-kick, Hines, outkick return. I think he's gonna outkick both Hines and Cleary. Oh, um, no, nah, look, joke, I, yeah, Penrith, jokes aside, Penrith Panthers by 30, Penrith, by 30 yeah, plus. They're, yeah, the Penrith are absolutely clinical. They're like the storm in that sense. Um, they're only going to be better, I guess, you know, and the Titans that they've got their spine shake up. It's, it's really going to take something else for them to do it. And with that Penrith forward pack, you've got guys like Fisher Harris, um, Kick Matt, out, kick out, Martin, everyone, yo, yes. literally everyone on that team I could name right now, and they—they're oh. just brilliant. They're just this, yeah. After they are that, on a different Storm. level of footy than anyone else, except Storm. Storm and yeah. Penrith Panthers, holy R- round ten, so, Magic Round Saturday night. It's Panthers versus Storm. Oh, that's in so Magic I've Round, been, and then I've got to go to that. I've oh, got to go to that. I'll fly down from town. Ta- I'll fly down, actually, because. Do it. Oh, oh I hope I can. But then <laughs> round nine, you got uh, Eels versus Penrith too. Oh, it's so good. That's going to be two back-to-back weeks. So, so this is the interesting tip. Rabbitohs and Manly. Oh, God. Turbo's not back yet. Latrell's out. So they're missing two their Oof. best players. You're up at Eels I... is up against DCE. I think I go Manly. I, I think I will too. And the reason I'll go with Manly is just because, you know, if if you look at their forward pack and, you know, compare that to what the Rabbitohs have, you know, this isn't, it's not a situation where I think that they're going to get monstered the same way that they did against the Sharks. Yeah. They, that did happen, but I don't, like, this is a situation where I think if, DCE gets that bit of field position. Like we know what DCE is capable of. Yeah. Um, Foreign's a great second receiver as well. And Garrick has been serviceable. And yeah. just because of that, I think they'll be able to get the job done. 
At the same time, if Murray digs into the line in his area, if Ilias, you know, puts Cody in the right spot, yeah, then they're going to have no issues doing that either. So it's, you know, it's hard to tip for a reason, but I'll say wh- whoever wins the forward battle, I reckon wins, wins the game. And yeah. that's probably more likely for Manly just because of their spine and their ability to execute because they've got the rep players in the halves. They don't have Olokaratu though. Manly. They don't, and Schuster is still out. Actually, oh, Schuster's named in reserves. Which is Yeah, but I don't so do we think he's gonna play. I don't know, because it was it's been two to three months since his hamstring injury. Yeah. I think that's what it was. It is. But um nice. funny enough, Rabbitohs are tipped to be favorites, a dollar sixty five to Manly's two dollars twenty five. Wow, that's that's actually um bigger than it was before we checked it when we started the show. Yeah. So I don't know what's changed, but um, next game, Warriors versus Raiders. Um, I'll start off with this one. We've said it when we were talking about Raiders versus Penrith. If yep. Raiders hold the ball and Snyder is able to get it, get field position, I think Raiders get it. However, Warriors are going to have a bit of fight in them after that tough, that 60-point loss yesterday. They, they absolutely will. But, um, I think, yeah, wow. Yeah, well, I think it really, because both teams, they have the attacking weapons and they both have great yeah. forward packs. So it's really just going to be an issue of who um, doesn't mess it up. Uh, we see Chance is named at 14. Yep. Um, that's peculiar. Like last week. Yeah, that was last week too. Yeah. Um, um. No, Josh Curran for the forwards for Warriors. That's that's going to be a big one because I think yeah. Curran's been a quite achiever this year. He's been an absolutely brilliant player. And no, Aaron Panay. No Panay either. So Katoa's um, been, Murchie and Katoa have been called up, and Jazz Tavaga will play thirteen. Tavanga doesn't do too bad. So no, it'll just be really interesting to see. I think. My... Renaira coming off the bench. Is yeah, I don't know about that. I think Corey has been our, one of the best players for Raiders. Um, I could name three right now. Whiten, Corey, and Tarpanay have been our best three. Uh, Corey Horsburgh has been good as well. But I think Harry Naira needs to start because, like we said earlier, his line running is superb. He, especially because that... It means that Schneider has an option. It means Whiten has an option. They can actually do something if the defense is forced to make decisions. Yeah. Um, a game for the Roosters to get back on track for this season is the once again Bulldogs. wooden spooners, Bulldogs. Um, I'm tipping Roosters here. Yeah, I think I think I'll go for Roosters as well. You know, That's... not to not to dunk on the doggies, but we're looking at it's a pretty neutral um grounds. Uh, yeah, see so two pros out because he's suspended. But you know, Suwali has been doing a solid job. Suwali has been put in my super coach team this week. Yeah, and Nagama, Nagama, Nagama ring, yeah, opposite ring. We've obviously seen what he's able to do. Yep, I so did a post on him last week. Yeah, he's been great. I think. Yeah, once again, I think that the Bulldogs they just don't have it together quite yet. No, they um, don't. It's not to say that they won't. But it's more just that we're talking about the Roosters coming up a tight loss. Um, yeah. Next game, it's your team. Cowboys versus Eels. Cows and in Eels. Darwin. 
in Darwin, yeah, we we do love a good Darwin game. Yeah. Um, I think I do think the Eels get on top of this one. They've yeah, they've once again named yeah they've they've named Jake Arthur at six again and Dylan Brown at center. Um, and I think if anyone if anyone's going to be up to the challenge of Brown, it's going to be either Hiku or Holmes, depending on who's on him. Yeah, um, it would be Hiku because yeah. Brown plays left center. Yeah, look. Oh, that means it'll be Holmes because he plays right. Doesn't he? Does he? I think no. Hiku does against... with um Helty on his outside. Holmes plays with um Hiku. No, Fel- Felty's always been a right winger. Yeah, and, and then right in the direction of play, which means that, which means Hiku is right. Yeah. Oh, that's a weird one because I remember that Muzz and um Holmes at one yeah. stage around there because they. I think maybe they just crossed over um, just for a specific play. Yeah. Either maybe. way, I'm. I think what scares me the most is their forward pack. Um, look, yeah. You, we're talking about Regan Campbell, Gillard, and Junior Paulo here, and then that's that's not even taking into account Papali. And they've obviously got Reed Marnie, one of the best tacklers in the game, and that's even though the Eels have some suspect edge defense, and they also do have a penchant to playing to their opposition's level. I, you know, if, if you're a betting man, I don't think the Cowboys get up as much as I want them to. Yeah, uh, unfortunately. I, I, don't ex- I don't expect us to beat the top teams. I think the past mark for this year was just get out of the bottom four and yep. you know, ideally be one of the better Queensland teams. And we are. Yeah, we, we are at the moment, which is it's quite a nice feeling. Um, yeah, but only one uh, in the top eight. Yeah, that's a good feeling. Uh, so we've got the Knights and the Storm after that. How... In, at McDonald's Jones Stadium. So uh, Newcastle. Jones Stadium. Look, um, unless we see the, the the return of Anthony Milford, green-lighted for this round, unless we see that for the memes, then I don't. I think everyone knows how this game's going to go. Um, it could possibly be a repeat of yesterday. Yeah. Well, yeah, look, the Storm forwards... Unless Knights really step it up, because we know that Clifford is going to be able to get them good field position. But if if your ruck isn't really quick at getting back up, you know, Harry Grant, he knows exactly what to look for. Yep. And we saw that and, when Warriors put too much space on the yep, on their every, line. Yep. And that's that's what scares me from the Cowboys play the storm, because sometimes we do get a bit sleepy in the ruck and you yeah. can't do that. So after that last game of the round, we have the Tigers and the Dragons. That's going to be uh, an interesting one because Dragons are favourites on this one. They are, and I think given the recent form of the Tigers, I don't, I don't feel as comfortable writing them off. No, I don't either. <laughs> Especially because now that we've seen that kind of new version of their attack, where Jackson Hastings is touching the ball like ninety times a game. Yeah. Um, and Brooksy's doing his thing, and it's not like they have an all right forward pack. Or no, they don't. That's no, they have one of the worst forward packs in the league statistically. Mm. Um, what what they do have is Luciano Lelua. Yeah, who is a beast. Um, he's he's an absolute beast. I'm a very happy Cowboys fan. As sad as I am that Gilbert is leaving, if anyone's going to replace Gilbert, I'm more than happy for Luch to be that guy. Yeah, and uh, um, it's pretty much confirmed he'll play left side. I think with Nanai yeah, on right, Nanai Nanai is obviously on the right, and that's his left side. Unless we're assuming that you know Lukey comes on and starts, but Lukey's yeah. been he's been quite impressive as the bench second rower so far. 
he yeah. has played. He has started a couple times, and he's actually done quite well when he's starting. Yeah, I'm going to go for Tigers on this one, I think, because I, of Hastings. I think I'm, yeah. No, well, I think... I, I, I know we're going up... Like, we're just going everything against Ben Hunt, what we just said a bit about him, but... Yeah. Statistically speaking, Hastings controls it more than Hunt. Yeah. yeah. Um. I, I'm actually going to go Dragons on this one, as much oh. as I love the Tigers. And my reasoning behind that is simply the forward packs. Yeah, um, uh, I was as great yeah. As great as Hastings is, you know, we're talking about Musgrove and Tamo going against Burgess and Molo. Yeah. Burgess hasn't been amazing, but Molo, Molo. he can take oh. his hit-ups. Um, actually, no, come to think of it, that's... I think the forward packs are fairly even, excluding, you know, if the chance that Josh Maguire has a really good game. Just on that Alan, two. two Alan um hasn't been amazing. Oh, yeah, the button's yeah. been, yeah. Jack Bird is supposedly injured. It's He's been named. At six. Yeah. That's, we'll have to look at what that is. If I, I expect, so this is obviously Sunday at 4.05. Amon has been selected to play 14. Again, so mm. I think Amon will go into 5-8. And then in the reserves, we have um, Jaden Sullivan and Sloan. So I think it's out of those two. It'll be interesting to see what Hook does there. Yeah. So we'll, we'll know once um, knock-on effect yeah, cup um, starts on the weekend, I think. Yeah. Whoever wins that forward battle wins the game because there's yeah. there's no doubt in my mind that either of those sevens can control the game and steer their team around. Yeah, they're both got attacking weapons, but I think that that once again forward pack is going to be the difference. Hundred percent. It's so if you don't have a good forward pack game, it's going to be very tough to get back into a game. But yeah, yeah exactly. So <sighs> on that note, that's that's the show for today. It That's is everything we've got covered. And I just want to say thank you to anybody who listens. Um, that's that's from myself, Jacob, but also I'm sure Keegs will have a few words as well. Yes, um, it's been really excited to start this project up. I've been amping it up for myself to get it started. And I finally did that. I got one episode out. So we got one episode out. So I'm happy. Um, can't yeah. wait to see what I do in the future. Yeah. Uh, with that, thanks very much to the listeners. And that's that's it. Thanks, guys.